What's up, oh. Hammer? Hey, what's, what's up? up? What you doing? Who punched you in the face? You got a little shiner there, buddy. Case at each. Oh. Yeah, I was fooling around with the dog. Mm. Which, Which eye is it, by the way? Which eye is it? The right eye, you hammerhead. This one? Yeah, you got like a mouse there. You don't feel it? No. Nah. <laughs> See my new wee belt, New York? Long sleeve. It's nice. It's good for this weather. For those of you out there that don't know, the New York weather sucks right now. It's been like April since April. <laughs> True, though, no? The weather, as, as uh, Forrest Gump would say, the weather is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. When are we going for our, uh, for our blazers? He's in Tuscany right now at uh, this thing, Pity Umo, which is like a meeting of the minds in fashion. So when they're back, we're going to try and get a date to go. And we're going to double, you know, we're going to, my favorite word, we're going to double dip. We're going to go, we're going to get fitted, we're going to pick out some blazers. And while we're there, we're going to uh, do a podcast. Since, you know, you're so heavy into men's fashion and your your favorite word of what you are now, bon vivant, we got to get you in the right places with the right people. I know you're a big social media guy. Did you see the post, the snake that Dora went after? Yeah. Dora the Explorer killed the killed the snake. No, the snake survived, unfortunately. But Tom, I'm pretty sure Tom Griffin shit his pants. <laughs> Tom is deathly afraid of snakes. See, she was protecting her boy there. Check it out on Colony Confidential, on all social media. It looks like uh, it's about three feet long. You can't really tell in the picture because it's still going out of the picture. Yeah. But Tom called me and was like. Ah, ah. You know how he is, right? He's like, I don't know who's hard as fucking being faster right now. Mine or Dora's. So I talked him through it. I'm glad Dora found her niche there with Tom Griffin. It's hard to tell who's the therapy animal. Is Dora the therapy animal or is Tom the therapy animal for Dora? (laughs) Technically, it's almost the summer. Technically. So we're going to talk about ants. What was the hardest ant for you to control? The pharaoh ant. I didn't see it. So it's in the business uh, probably 25, 30 years. They had ants. So, okay. That time we sprayed. But we found out, my dear friend, the late, great Bob Poirier, and he told me these ants put bait down. It was a granular bait, and he told me to put it in straws, like drinking straws. That was a lot of fun. And, um, but it worked. So those were the most troublesome ants. I, you know, just took me... A long time, even when I knew what I was doing, took quite a while. He had to put a lot of time in. Our worst farrow ant was in a 400-unit apartment building. We took over when they had maybe a couple of farrow ants on the first floor. It was an apartment building on the water in Long Island. 25% had them in, in their apartments. Plus, they were all over the first floor. The person must have sprayed and pushed them throughout the building and then sprayed every apartment. It took us, I want to say, six to nine months to get them out of all seven floors and then finally just on the main floor. But what you guys didn't have back in the days that we have now is non-repellent sprays. You had all repellents, right? Yeah, yeah. Here's another thing for all the PMPs listening. Even in that situation, if you use, and this is a common thing that everybody says is bullshit, but if you use a tank for a repellent and you're constantly using the same tank, repellent, non-repellent, repellent, non-repellent, you could be messing up in this situation 
the non-repellents. Like if you really want to go use a non-repellent, but prior to treating that account, you had a repellent in your tank and now you mix the non-repellent, there's still remnants of the repellent. So what a lot of people do and a, a suggestion is to have two, two tanks in the car, one for repellents and one for non-repellents. So the non-repellent tank is never contaminated with repellents. You know, years ago, um, there was a chemical, I forget the name of it, but when you used it, it clogged your tank. So you had a special tank just for that chemical. Wasn't and that Ficam? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Ficam was a wettable powder. Yeah, right, right, that's it, yeah. And, and the thing with that, that was really good, though. That was great for ants. We were so pissed when they took it off the market. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, um, the, the thing about that is you didn't want to put it in the tank on a windy day. And uh, instead of using a knife to cut it open, you had to have the scissors. Because if you use a knife, it, phew, yeah. it came out. Even though only two chemicals that my team ever comes in contact with require a respirator... I told them that you should always wear a respirator when mixing chemical because you never know. Following directions is a must and following a label is a must. I would say that, that farrow ants are not the, the biggest pain in the ass ant anymore. I would say it's odorous house ants. And for PMPs listening, you know, treatment is treatment for ants is, is, is the same, right? Treatment for all pests is the same. Where are they? And you got to get the chemical to them, right? Whether it's a granular bait or a gel bait foraging is another thing that you got to take into place when using the gel but the gel or even the granulas because the granulas they'll stack you know what i mean like if you start to bait now that granular bait may go into the surplus for the overwinter that's why you do you do granular you do gel and then you do a liquid treatment because at least with the liquid treatment it's on them it gets in them and when they feed the young through what whatever that got on them, it's going to go through and hopefully kill some of the babies. Well, there's two, two thoughts here. One is, when you're using the baits, you're more or less like a caterer. You find out where the trails are, so they don't have to walk too far. And the other one with the, with the liquid, uh, that's the time-dose relationship. Dose is right, you got to get them on at a certain period of time, put it where it's going to do the most good. Right. And, and for PMPs out there listening, just know that with an odorous house ant issue, when pricing it, right, remember this word pricing it, keep in mind that you're almost guaranteed a minimum of one callback. Build that into your cost. I know most of you are given some type of warranty, maybe if it's a month or uh, two months, but build, know that you got to go back to control that. Your first treatment is not necessarily going to get rid of the whole population. It's very similar to roaches, right? When yes. you go in for a roach treatment, you know you got to build in a follow-up. Absolutely. In the past, a lot of pest management professionals have done is, here's the cost for the first treatment. We'll probably have to come back. Here's the cost for the second treatment. Yeah. So, you know, this is part of selling and customer relations. Customers don't like to be nickel and dime. And, and whether you consider that nickel and diming or not, that's how they feel. If you say, that like our bed bug, our bed bug is one price. And it includes mandatory two follow-up treatments. So when you give the price, there's sticker shock from the customers. And then you say, that includes all three treatments. And then it's a little, oh, all right.
Whereas you have other people that are charging per room and charging you to come back. Whereas we get all the information and then we say, here's the overall price. But it's the same thing with ants. A lot of people are like, ah, give it a couple of weeks to work. But I even like that. Maybe there should be a mandatory follow-up with ants of two weeks. What I found with, with particularly with homeowners, you have to be very specific on what you're going to do and what their expectations can be. And that's on the first visit or prior to the first visit. And the last words would be, you understand everything I just told you? Get them to sign that they understand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. So uh, I found that if you, if you lay it out in the beginning, as hard as it may be that they have to pay you, they get it. And uh, we run into trouble is like, like later on you say, oh, you know, this is, this is going to be an extra fee. Which happens, which has happened several times to me when I first started, you're doing somebody's house. And all of a sudden, they want you to do the garage, or they got a shed out back. You know, you tell them, well, that's an extra charge. Uh, they always tell you, the other guy never charged me. Get him back. I'm charging you. You know, everything is everything is money. You're out there to make money. And back to ants. Did you ever have to deal with fire ants? I know we don't get them up here, but occasionally. No, I never had them. I, I had to deal with fire island ants. Well, that's different. They're a little pedant. Pun intended. You dress well. You know what we're not getting a lot of calls on or finding? Carpenter ants. I remember a time when they were just like like crazy we were finding them. Even in Brooklyn. In people's garages. Yeah. You know, it seems to run with those uh, with those ants and, and, and with the carpenter bees. And you know, we had the thing with the termites at the turn of the century. And uh, I don't know. I, I remember years ago when I was with... Um, I was uh, managing another company around Staten Island, and man, I never saw such, uh, uh, you know, just told these people, your shed's falling apart. What do you mean? All right, not the, the whole roof, the, the, the wood that was holding up the roof was just, uh, ah, yeah, 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 and, and it was just like one job after another, and then, you know, carpenter ants right here in my, in my own neighborhood, we had carpenter ants. Well, you got ants, too. I've knocked them down. What'd you use? I used the gel and some other thing that you gave me in a spray can. I don't remember what it was. But it was labeled for ants. Mm. I'm sure it was. What kind of ants did you have? And the kind that come in your house. The little ants. The you little, see, you see what know. happens when you get retired? They're probably older as house ants. Those little ants? Yeah, they're little ants. It's one sixteenth to one eighth of an inch. Okay, that's that's yeah. a little bit. Which which is the same size as a pavement ant, which brings me Pavement ants, my favorite to the key in all of pest control. Proper identification. Yeah. Right? What do you mean, yeah? That's the first well, I mean look, it's two IPM, I right? Monitor, ID, <laughs> right? Because here, here you go. You have odorous house ants versus pavement ants, right? They're the same size. What else is the same size? An Argentine ant can be that around that size. Fire ants, even though you probably know it's fire ants, and crazy ants. So you got crazy. You got four or five ants that we, uh, let's just say, odorous Argentine. Maybe we'll see crazy ants and pavement ants. All four 
on we, relatively we the same size. The easy way to, to narrow, the, narrow the gap is certain ants have one hump in the middle and, and some have two. Are they called humps? They're called pedicels. Ah, thank you. You know, we're technical sometimes. I know we like to, our Brooklynese comes out every once in a while, but we know the real terms. Yeah. And I don't think they're pedestals, they're nodes. Yeah, so one node versus a two-node ant. Any good PMP should at the very least have some kind of book or, I mean, there's apps now. The NPMA Field Guide app is very helpful. We actually give it to all of our technicians. They all have it on their phone, and it basically gives you breakdown. I'll go into one right now. I got the odorous house ant. You could look at pictures. It gives you the introduction on them. Then it tells you how to recognize them. It tells you about antenna. It's 12 segmented with no club. Their thorax has no spines. Their profile is unevenly rounded. They have one pedestal. But then it says similar groups, ready? Ghost ant, white-footed ant, Argentine ant. This is the key is to figuring out what it is. With, with any pest, once you know what it is, you know how to treat, right? To the uneducated public, that's what we're here for. And we need to be educated and know our shit and when we don't we need to have these resources chris and i sat down in a meeting the other day for a very big project that we're doing and they had specific questions on how we find things out this is a high-end property where there's 1100 units and it's all high-end people with money who travel to exotic places and may come back with weird pests that we never see so we went through the process of how we identify them that we have a bc you know on staff or that we have a, we have an ace on staff and we have a bc consultant and who we work with and blah blah but this is one of the concerns they wanted to know how we dealt with figuring out problems especially strange ones so the idea is the main thing and then you come up with a plan of action from there business has changed so much since i left but uh it's it's much more technical to be honest with you saw an ant to me an ant was an ant until i met the pharaoh ant so I really wasn't into much, what kind of ant is it? Let's just kill it. Yeah, the pavement ants. And things have evolved, right? Pest control in general has evolved. I would have to say they have evolved for the better. I think with all this new technical stuff and people like yourself that know how to use it, because there's still people do it the old way. I mean, but they're, they're making a living for their family, so God bless them. But that's what I love about pest control. You can... Blow it as much as you want, up, up as high as you want. Try to do that. Or you can just have them route. You go to work every day. You make your 75, 80, maybe 90,000 a year. Pest control has grown leaps and bounds. They're approaching 9 billion for the U.S. pest control market, right? I think a lot of the, they came out with the, um, we were killing the world. Everything we did was poison. You're going to die with this stuff. Somehow... I don't know how. I think we became uh, more proactive as far as uh, public relations went. We, we turned it around. There is a certain amount of hazard. Uh, we're using this stuff. But um, with our wonderful technical skill and all the classes and stuff we go to, and the fact that we brought in a lot of guys with PhDs and MDs to, to talk to us, um, I think that made a big difference in, in uh, a lot of the public side. If you think about what I was just saying, right? You got the top five companies out of the nine billion of the market. The top five companies maybe are about three billion, uh, four billion. You got one point eight and one point four, which is three point two. Let's call it five billion. The top five companies, and then it drops dramatically 
to like the next closest company is doing 200 million. I, I remember one time I looked at that and um, we were like in, like up in around 97 percentile. But to get to that other 3% is a bitch. I never did it. Well, yeah, and things change. But you figure there's 25,000 PMPs, right? Give or take. So, 25,000 PMPs in New York. No, 25,000 companies in the U.S. Oh, okay. I don't know what the math is on that, but there's money out there is my point. I realized that on Saturday after Labor Day, 1967. <laughs> so I've known that for a long time. There's money out there with this, with this thing killing bugs. All right, so ants, right? Let's go over it. ID is critical, right? Yeah. And then you go through your treatment. We love non-repellents for all ants. We really do. With odorous house ants, knowing we have to go back a second time, our first treatment is we use non-repellents on the inside and outside of the house. We use baits, granular baits on the exterior, gel baits on the interior. The second time around when we come in, we use a repellent inside the house okay. to push them around with the hopes that they'll get caught up in that repellent as well as the non-repellent that was already put down inside and outside. But remember, ID is key, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. I got it. Mr. and Mrs. America and all the PMPs out there. So yeah, ID is key. There's always new stuff coming out there, but you know, like with everything else, do the job right the first time, use everything you can, gels, baits, liquids. But know with most, especially odorous house ants, you're going to go back for a second treatment. I'm going to buy us a matching pair of golf pants so people can't talk about my dungarees. Oh, well, listen, you, you walked right into that. When you said I'm going to wear jeans, I said, nah. Wait till you see the pants I got for the, the outing on Tuesday. They could make people throw up. Really? Yeah, they're that good. <laughs> I don't have any golf pants. Just take that ugly sweater you wore and turn it into pants and you'll fit in perfectly. What sweater was that? The grandma sweater. I'm starting to like going out and playing golf, not that I'm anywhere near good. It's a good time, so I'm sorry about Saturday. To all my friends at the Emerald Guild, I'll be lecturing at the local 32BJ uh, on that day. And right, earlier Tuesday. in the day, I'll also, Tuesday. And uh, earlier in the day, I'll be, I'll be having lunch with my brother Mike at Delmonico's on Beaver Street. And then... Somewhere along the line, on a Tuesday or Thursday, we'll be getting new blazes. Colony Confidential blazes. I'm very yes. excited about it. Don't forget that we are going to be, for the first time, we're going to be at the New Jersey Clam Bake on Thursday, August 15th. We're going to have a booth. Some of our friends are going to be there. They've already agreed to stop by and say hello. Your uh, manager will be there, Danny White. Yeah. My agent. Your My agent. agent. Your agent. Danny White will be there from Bedbug Central. Danny's got some good products that we like. But yeah, all, New Jersey Pest Management Association, Clam Bake, is Thursday, August 15th. Conley Confidential will have a booth there. We will be doing podcasts from the Clam Bake, and we want to hear from you. We want you to jump on and tell us about ants, mosquitoes, whatever. Tell us about your employee problems. Yeah. Yeah. Which we all have. So once again, thanks for listening to Colony Confidential. Ed and Joe, we'll talk to you soon. Be well. <laughs>